G'day, I'm Andy Wood and this is The Local Update, a podcast looking at local issues, events and personalities from around the Bega Valley. This week on the program, well, if you've spent any time at all recently wandering along the Bega River, then you will have noticed a hell of a lot of great work's been done. You can also walk these days around what used to be the Bega Racecourse. If you've been wondering where all that work's come from, well, it's all thanks to the Bigger River and Wetlands Landcare Group. My guest this week is Erin Moon, the community coordinator of that Landcare Group. And catch up with her soon and find out all about the great work they do. Right here on the local update. And as we do each week, we'll catch up with Graham Farham from the Bega Historical Society. This week, Graham's returned to his copy of Picturesque Travel by W. Stanley Vogt. And he's spending time this week in Rocky Hall. I've been travelling on the... Princess Highway from Bairnsdale to Bega with picturesque travel by W. Stanley Vogt from Bairnsdale, Victoria. It's got no date, but it's circa 1921. It's sort of celebrating when the Prince of Wales came out to Australia and drove on that road. But um, Mr. Vogt, he got out a bit further and today I'm having a bit of a look at Rocky Hall and Wyndham, which are old stamping grounds of mine in the Toowoomba Valley. This is pages 80 and 81. Rocky Hall, as the name implies, is beautifully situated amongst a range of rocky hills on the main road between Catcart and Pambula, its post office and store being three miles from the foot of the Big Jack Mount. This is also a dairying centre, mostly Jersey and Shorthorn herds. The whole of the cooperative butter factory supply goes to Sydney markets. Travellers by coach between Monero and Marimbula have a short stay at Jerseyvale, the home of the Rickson family, and according to all accounts, they fare well. From the Matagana Trig site, on a high pinnacle at the rear of Mr Rickson's property, on a clear, dry day, Montagui Island, about nine miles seaward from the port of Bermagui, is easily discerned. The population of Rocky Hall is well served by the Toowoomba, Basin and Stockyard rivers. Wyndham, a dairying and mining centre, lies about 11 miles east of Rocky Hall, and 17 miles west of Pambula. Rock Jingera Mount is famous for its molybdenite and bismuth mines. At present, it is stated that these mines are producing and treating more of this valuable ore than any other mines in Australia. Owing to a plentiful supply of peppermint eucalyptus, the industry of eucalyptus distillation is carried on. The roads are good for motorists. And the scenery, very interesting. Chambers Technical Dictionary, July 1940, a nice big fat green book that I have at home, 
tells me that molybdenite is a mineral. Disulfide of molybdenum, crystallising in the hexagonal system. It is the most common ore of molybdenum, but never occurs in large quantities. And bismuth, it's a chemical, a grey-white metallic element, used as a component of fusible alloys with lead. It's handy stuff to have around, but they don't do any of that anymore. The sole advertisement accompanying the text on Rocky Hall and Wyndham is for the publisher. For a complete collection of the best assorted views and pictorial postcards obtainable of the districts mentioned in this book, write to W. Stanley Vogt, photographer, Bairnsdale, Victoria. Note well, trade supplied, liberal discount. There are four photographs with the text, including one of Jerseyvale, Rocky Hall, and another of the Robbie Burns Hotel at Wyndham. Recently I was out beyond Wyndham on the road to Burrogate, visit some people out there. I've been talking to a gentleman about what was his favourite poem. This is the one that he chose. This is from the poems and songs of Robert Burns. Published by in London by J.M. Denton Co. My copy, a little bit knocked about now, is the second edition, July 1906. It's on pages 489 and 490. little note in the corner tells me that this first part's about rank and merit. It's called A Man's A Man for All That. And apparently there's a song, All That, but I don't know that one. Is there for honest poverty that hangs his head and all that? The coward slave, we pass him by, we dare be poor for all that, for all that and all that, our toils obscure and all that. The rank is but the guinea's stamp, the man's the gold for all that. What though on homely fare we dine, we're hood and grey and all that. Give fools their silks and knaves their wine. A man's a man for all that. For all that and all that. Their tinsel show and all that. The honest man, though heir so poor, is king of men for all that. You see yon Berkey called a lord. What struts and stares and all that. Though hundreds worship at his word, he's but a coof for all that. For all that and all that. His riven star and all that. The man of independent mind, he looks and laughs at all that. This bit's about a human brotherhood. A prince can make a belted knight, a marquis, duke and all that. But a honest man's a boon his might. Good face, he mun up for all that. For all that and all that, their dignities and all that. The pith of sense and pride of worth, a higher rank than all that. Then let us pray that come it may, as come it will for all that, that sense and worth of all the earth shall bear the gree and all that. For all that and all that, it's coming yet for all that, that man to man the world o'er shall brothers be for all that. Graham Farham is a member of Bega's Historical Society.
and through them is affiliated with the Bega Pioneers Museum, which you'll find on the corner of Bega Street and Auckland Street here in Bega. The museum open 10am till 2pm on Monday, Wednesday, Friday and Saturday. for a decade or less, then you might not be aware that the leash-free dog park on the end of East Street did actually used to be Bega's race course. You also might not be aware that the walking track along the riverfront was a jungle that you walked through bamboo and that the whole area was overgrown with a serious mess of weeds. In 2006, a group was formed called the Bega River and Wetlands Landcare Group and they've been working ever since to bring that river frontage back to life. Erin Moon is the community coordinator of the Bega River and Wetland Group, or Brawl as they're known. I caught up with her recently to find out about the amazing work they've done. Back in 2006, there were a couple of people in the region, so Ali Rodway was one, who had gone uh, adventuring through the thickets down sort of between Bend and um, Bigger Primary School. And in there, they discovered um, a wetland, uh, something they'd lived here for years and had knew nothing about. And it was like finding a hidden jewel. At the time, it was just completely infested with weeds. And when they discovered it, they were very driven to um, do something about it. And so that's really the origins of the Landcare Group. Back then, it was about uh, that lagoon, which we call Spenko Lagoon. Um, and it's grown since then. And now uh, the group works all along the Bega River from the main reserve at the bottom of Auckland Street all the way through to the old Bega Racecourse. And we still work on Spenko Lagoon as well. I was surprised to hear that there was a significance to that lagoon because having gone through the Steiner School, that was always just kind of the rubbish pit at the bottom of the yard that we never went near. So what is the significance of that land? We describe it as um, the kidneys of Bega because Bega Township, it's stormwater, essentially all, all feeds down into Spenko Lagoon and goes through Spenko first before it then feeds into the Bega River. So it is, it's a really important filtration place. And its water quality was abysmal when the group first started there. And and through um, opening up the space, reintroducing native species and the initial works to reduce the amount of waste that was in the area has completely changed the water quality. It's now got really good water quality. One of the things that I can remember as a kid was having a really good time running around in the bamboo forests along there. (laughs) <laughs> what was the impact of that bamboo and what was the significance of removing it? It was um, a controversial move at the time, getting rid of the bamboo. 
Apparently the bamboo was planted by the original caretakers of a caravan park-like establishment that was along the Bega River. And so um, apparently the, the wife planted it in her garden then and that's where it began. And from there it grew into the most impenetrable thicket, which was amazing. It had tracks through there and yeah. But what it does do is it completely... Um, wipes out any chance of anything else growing and you've also got to think about you know the the habitat that the native species would be used to in that river system Uh, the the natural system that would that was there um, was quite an open space so you've got the very large um, river oaks and then you've got more of an open uh, mid and 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 understory so that bamboo is a is a it's very, th- it's a thicket. So the wildlife um, isn't able to utilise it as habitat as they would a natural system. So, yeah, it, the controversy was partly around the, um, the use of the bamboo. People would come down and use bamboo. Um, but also the people didn't think that we would succeed in getting rid of it and that it would be a wasted effort. Um, and with a lot of um, continual ongoing work we have succeeded uh, there's still bamboo still pops up here and there it was just the the thickest mat of um, of roots you can imagine just penetrating um, you know into the soil so that you know just having to to constantly spot spray as new bamboo reshooted um, and then that mixed with we brought in a sterile ryegrass as well um, to just try and outcompete the the uh, the bamboo in those initial stages and now that we're starting to get on top of it we're starting to plant into those areas and use the native like densely planted native plants to just outcompete the the bamboo but yeah, um, it turns out that while people thought that they would have, if they were going to miss the um, harvesting the bamboo, it doesn't seem like it was. It's as big as no. uh, bigger losses they thought. Yeah. How? What kind of impact has your work had on the strength of the river? I can remember as a kid that it was basically just a series of puddles in sand. Mm. How's the river going these days? Look. Um, there's still um, obviously a lot of sand in that system. So our work has also been in partnership with the work being done by the local land services and they have been running a willow program, um, willow control program. And it's the willows in particular that suck a lot of the, the water out of the river um, and out of the um, channel. So. They've been keeping that up um, over, I guess it's over a decade now. Um, And so that in um, simultaneously with our work, which tends to be more along the the banks. In terms of the flow, I don't know if it's necessarily changing the flow or the amount of water um, in the river system at the moment, but there certainly would be that um, reduced water being taken out by those willows. But one of the big problems back in 2007 when they, when um, the group started a major project was that the um, Brogo River was, when it was in full flood, was starting to, with its high velocity, push through the Anna Branch Channel 
which if you look at a map it's it's almost you know directly in front and what you what was starting to happen or the concerns were that the main channel of the Bega River would divert from its current um, location and start tracking along the Anna branch and what the, there was massive erosion and scouring the road um, so former Bridge Street now called um, Jacksonia Drive would be eaten away by these floodwaters and so there was issues with having to constantly maintain the road but also the big concern was if you if the main channel of the Bega River was to be re redirected along the Anna branch well that brings it closer to the township of Bega but also all the infrastructure that's downstream from there so that was a really big problem so for um, Brawl uh, our, that was one of the first um, places that the group started was in strengthening the um, the banks the river banks around the Adam Branch Junction there and to um, just to prevent that re-diverting of the main channel and that's been hugely successful. You probably had some kind of 10 year or 20 year plan when you first started how are things going with this organisation and and what's for the future? One thing I love about our group is it's full of passionate people so there are lots of ideas for the future um, we would like to um, continue the um, shared pathway the all-weather pathways so part of the um, restabilization of the Anna branch um, junction was um, to in, to formalize a pathway along the Bega River and, and link that to the race course and that was done in partnership with council and and local land services what we would like to do is then connect that to Spenko Lagoon. And so then you'd have a pathway going from Gibbs Street all the way down past Spenko and down to um, the Bega River. That's, that's one of our big hopes for the future. We would like to obviously continue expanding our, our sites. So we've still got a lot of area between our sites and the river that's full of mature privet and all sorts of other weeds that we'd like to get into those areas. Our big project at the moment is um, building a more sort of interactive, sophisticated um, maintenance plan um, and doing some weed mapping as part of that. So that's sort of our planning for the future. We're also trying to think about how we're gonna maintain ongoing um, funding and we're even considering um, uh, like sponsorship arrangements with um, different industries. So they're, they're sorts of ideas that are floating around for the future. You obviously have regular catch-ups, regular working bees, and there's one coming up soon, hey? That's right. So we've got our monthly Monday working bee this Monday um, from um, 9 till 12, meeting at the old Bigger race course. Uh, we meet up once a month, the first Monday of the month, um, except for January. And we also hold four River Sunday events a year. Um, and that's to um, access families who might not be able to, or people who are working who might not be able to come during the week. 
and um, we also include a um, children's um, educational activities as part of that event as well so it just makes it more accessible for families it's always a fun event we all have different educators coming along and I'm excited that Auntie Colleen Dixon's going to be coming along to our next one which is on Sunday the 22nd of November at 10 o'clock and um, yeah, we'll be meeting at the um, main reserve at the Bega River at the bottom of Auckland Street there. Um, yeah, so we do, we have, we have lots of working bees. Um, they're lots of fun. Um, it's a great way to sort of, to be active and doing something that's very satisfying, but also to connect with um, other members of the community. They're all interesting people, so I, I love the, the conversations that come up. Um, and we have a shared morning tea as part of that, which is always really sort of nice, nice um, social time as well. So what do people need to know? What do they need to bring? Ah, well, tools are provided, but if you can bring along garden gloves, um, that'd be great. Any weeding tools that you might have, that's, that would be great. Um, sun safe clothing hat water bottle sturdy shoes uh, sunscreen in summer a thermos and um, something to share for morning tea and that's all you need to do <laughs> uh, can people find info somewhere online or anything like that yeah you can go to the socials facebook you can find us just search bigger river and wetlands land care or our email which is bigger river and wetlands land care at gmail.com um yeah they're the best ways to contact erin moon is the community coordinator of the bigger river and wetlands land care group you'll find links to their social media and an email address to make contact with them at indymedia.com.au You are listening to The Local Update, a podcast looking at local issues, events and personalities from around the Bega Valley. A huge thank you this week to my guest Erin Moon for her time. Thanks also, as always, to my regular contributor Graham Farham for his efforts for this week. Don't forget you can catch The Local Update as a radio show on 93.7 Edge FM from 11am every Sunday morning. Indie Media recognises the Yuan people as the traditional owners of the land from which we broadcast and pays respects to their elders past, present and emerging. You can subscribe to the local update using your favourite podcast provider and find all the info you need at indiemedia.com.au. Thank you so much for your time this week. I'll catch you again next week. Bye now.